Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, leadership is going global because our next guest is from Indonesia. We're so happy to have as our in-studio guest, actually via the digital line here at WSOU, Ms. Abha Marida Banerjee. She is author of the book, Nucleus as our in-studio guests. Abha, welcome to the program, and thank you for interrupting your, your very early morning uh, to, to join us uh, for this interview. Uh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure, Daryl. I think uh, um, I didn't interrupt the morning. I was looking forward to uh, be talking to you. This Wonder- is one of the best shows I know. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, before we jump into your book, which is a phenomenal read, a lot of tools, a lot of great information. Uh, let's, could you share with our listeners a little bit about your education and your background and, and how you arrived at this current position of writing this dynamic book? Uh, Dara, I belong to India, and I'm born and raised there. Right now I live in Indonesia because I moved here about 14 years ago to re-educate myself because I started out as a lawyer. Um, uh, a very social-minded person. I'm a very change-oriented person, very um, uh, growth-obsessed person. Um, so I, I was a lawyer for 10 years. I was practicing law, and then I, at one point uh, the thought was that law will help me to understand people and how we could bring about change because that is what, what uh, law was supposed to do at that point of time. Unfortunately, I did not find myself very comfortable in the cutthroat kind of thing which, which almost worked against people. Uh, so I, I was keen on people building, which was uh, which is my core calling, and I moved from law after ten years of law practice to re-educate myself at the age of 34, um, and went back to school at the at the very um, uh, negative way of people telling me that I'm going to fail and it was a stupid idea, and then I was a fool. Uh, to leave something as lucrative as law and something which I was doing successfully, to start off with something which uh, which was just a calling thing, and I had no clue uh, because this is a science, but uh, in India we didn't see it in that manner and we did not see it as an industry like it, it was in the West. So uh, that is how I began, and I went through various courses across uh, the world just to understand, uh, first of all, uh, how do we how do we build people? That was my core uh, core quest and core question in my mind that if we were to stand out and make people live fuller lives and we were to make human potential better, what is it that we were supposed to do? And that's what brought me to this journey. I have been uh, in now in the personal development industry for over 10 years and very successfully. So if I can say, um, um, I speak all across this place on leadership and and uh, performance uh, development. I have coached Indian Olympians who have gone into the Olympics, 2012 London Olympics. I work with very high-profile people and uh, um, very, very, very um, peak per- the high-performance people and like athletes and other CEOs and media people who need super performances. So I, I have always been. Uh, uh, keen on working around people, making 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 that upward move. Always, for, if we can, we can find ways to do that. And that's when this book came around. Because in my whole experience as a speaker, I came across lots and lots of women, and they said that we must. We, they asked me how I did it. So I said, okay, let me let me figure if we can put it together as a book. So this is all the all you see in the book is learnings 
not just from what we see in the modern world, in the academic world, but real-life tools, real-life strategies, uh, even knowledge from spiritual scriptures uh, of how we can apply the same to real-life leadership. So moving from uh, leadership per se as a definition to personal leadership and then to leadership of others and then maybe at a bigger level where we can we can be visionaries. So that is what, if you've seen the book, that's, that's what it is uh, all about. And... Um, that's how I've arrived here, and I'm, I'm quite glad I'm here. Wonderful, wonderful. So let's talk about the book, the title. It's Nucleus, Power Women Lead from the Core, Holistic yes. and Disruptive Success Mantra for the Woman Leader. That is a lot. But before we jump into each part of that component, let's talk about Nucleus. Why did you choose that title, Nucleus, because it's very powerful. Uh, I chose the title Nucleus because uh, the fact that who a leader is at the core, and Nucleus means the core, the center, uh, the epicenter, uh, because it all emanates from there. So we, we work outwards from that center. However, when it comes to women, that center has been shifted thanks to a lot of uh, social expectation that we see around women, a lot of structures that have been built in the world where somehow women are looked at in a certain way. So my my personal thought and my experience uh, says that we need to move that perception from the place that is outside to that of a place which is inside the woman, that is her core. That is why the word nucleus, uh, that let us get, get them back to themselves rather than struggling in that outside space where they are not able to find their feet. And literally, I mean, this is not just a discussion here. Uh, I mean, we, we, this side of the world is still sort of thinking in many ways leadership. Uh, Harvard University is discussing it even now. The corporates right in the West, they're all, all fighting over this. So years and years and generations have gone by trying to understand how to sort this. So I think the time has come for... Um, People like myself who've got the opportunity to speak and who probably have a voice to go out and uh, make the things that people have fought for prior to us a reality. So if we were to see in reality what, what how women could uh, embrace leadership as their own possibility, which, uh, they, which, which is not something that they normally do because they're not meant to be there or they're not supposed to be there. So uh, that's that's my key thought. And that's, that's why the word nucleus. So all... All women, uh, I would really would, would, would be very happy if I could uh, get this message across to as many women as possible. And I think the tools, if you read in the book, are applicable as much to men. But uh, we are dealing with uh, women's leadership over here. And uh, when we see the nucleus, we have to start seeing the holistic way of looking at things rather than single, singling out things. Uh, which work maybe in in the corporate sector or maybe just a personal sector, maybe in the social sector or maybe politics. So instead of doing that, which is a positional kind of leadership, if we were to look at the holistic picture of how women are living today, we have to start thinking of a different methodology or a method uh, to treat leadership uh, from a very non-academic perspective. That's why the word thing. Wow, that is that is that is tremendous. And I was going to ask you because as i went through the book i found several things that i would like to incorporate in into my daily activity so it does apply to men but your focus is on women because women because you really want to uplift women around the world yes wonderful wonderful uh fyi i am on the board of the women's ventures fund in new york 
and I have been Mom. for the last 10 years as my mother was a small businesswoman. Um, I am part of the Women's Venture Fund to honor my mother and all that she's done for our family. So I, I, when I saw your book, I said, wow, I really got to have Wonderful. you on the, on the, on the program. So. Wonderful. And, and how would you describe your book? I mean, your, the book is filled with such great information. What are the key themes that you want uh, the reader to come away with? Um, I'll just go over uh, the basic uh, thing. The first thing that is, it's, I want to incorporate that whole idea of vision. Uh, we, we, need, we see so many people who are, visionaries and business and so on. So when, when you look at women, the women's side, the 50% of the population in the world, we haven't met many visionaries. We've met very interesting women. We've got great women out there who've done so much stuff. But this is, the vision is existing. Uh, the leaders are existing. However, we don't recognize them because we don't identify those things as leadership. So the first, my first point over here is to be able to uh, propagate the thought that women have to start believing that leadership is for them. So we have to have them embrace and internalize this thought that they are capable or they're already doing things that amount to leadership. So a lot of them don't see it that way. So if I could inculcate this vision amongst women that it is their possibility to, I'd be very happy to do that. In, in terms of uh, the key concepts in the book, um, I, I think at this point of time, because uh, I have a daughter and I, I really want that, and I have a mother, so in my book I have clearly said women before and after, and they've they are my biggest teachers at the moment, and all the women that I meet all the time, that there is this uh, feeling that a lot of people feel that stuck in a space where what are we going to give our next generation from here? So I, uh, when I've looked at this entire thing of women, I've spoken with so many women leaders, I've spoken with women in corporate, other women and people, uh, uh, people who are running homes, like you said, your mom. I'm I'm so happy that you recognize that because a lot of people don't see that you know your the the mothers and the sisters at home or, or women in general they are already performing certain things which may amount to or will amount to leadership we don't see them so I have uh, developed over the years some lead yourself concepts and four main concepts that I want to just relate to over here the first one is a woman necessity. That is, uh, I have, I've combined the word necessity and woman. At this point of time, what is the necessity for women to do is to move from complexity to simplicity, which is where I think our lives have been made complex from so much outside expectation. And despite being so much more educated, despite being so much more employable, and the social presence uh, has not changed too much in terms of the dynamics that women have to face in which they live or they work. So this constant information, this expectation around who a woman is, can be, should be, has created this very complex and unpredictable environment. So women, instead of thriving, we, we, as human beings, we're supposed to thrive. Instead of thriving, we are striving uh, for keeping up or keep holding on to these environments, which somehow, you know, push us around by the perceptions and expectations running through how a woman should be or how will she be acceptable. So this, this one concept, woman necessity, complexity to simplicity, it calls for simplifying life and its happenings and um, bringing the woman out of the social jungle back to herself, defining her own who and why. Uh, so a lot of women I see are lost in this. A lot of women I see are lost in the whole uh, process of how life is supposed. They have their own biological duties, which I think all women... I, I personally believe, I mean, a lot of women I know don't believe in this, but that's one of the very powerful 
thing that women can do and they must all all uh, go through that process because it it builds a lot of strength in you so this concept of women necessity eliminates a dependence on the outside perceptions uh, about how a woman should be the second one is a uh, woman non fiction again i've used the word woman and added non fiction to it that there is this fictional woman out there coming from the first one that i'm saying where uh, our own uniqueness has been put at stake uh, because the noise uh, around has been created around this fictional woman who's somehow perfect somehow uh, i don't know what kind of beauty that is and uh, um, some kind of superwoman something but i don't think that's the case it's about building yourself to from the core and to the core so in my knowledge and in all the women that i've met no such perfect woman exists but i think every woman in herself is perfect at any given point of time so if we are pitched against ourselves we are fighting our own selves and with this woman non fiction is every real woman like your mom like my mother like my sister like my daughter unique different possibly imperfect but happy in that imperfection so we we are not taught imperfection we are supposed to be in somewhat a perfect form which is again causing a lot of stress and anxiety in women uh the third one is uh called neutrality zone which is a very powerful concept that i have personally lived uh which says that which which is like uh, all situations all contexts are always neutral in nature solutions ideas money are all neutral in nature these things have no gender whatsoever and men and women alike create value in these areas but women approach these very very neutral things from that social perspective that is like women or as they are expected to do thereby clamping their own ability to act fully so this in turn is uh, it it affects the results of what they are doing so while they may be actually way more capable capable uh, they are they are uh, i think uh, building themselves down in, instead of building themselves up by uh, creating this conduct concepts around women so if they decide that they have to act act through the neutrality zone i think they 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 will come up with their best selves rather than acting as as a woman is expected to and the last one over here for me is again very important is woman nucleus uh, the word of the book and woman and added the word nucleus to it the woman has to be it has to be brought to the center of that change uh, we are living in a world where i think the balance we, we are already seeing the need for balance we are seeing the need for a, a certain stability and uh, what women carry in their bodies as as their nature as their biological uh, reality that is needed at this point of time so the woman has to be brought to the center of change so while we we are we see so many voices raised every now and then uh, but i think uh, women if women can be shown how to change themselves or the perception they're living or to make those shifts because uh, they know somewhere in their heart they can do it but uh, i don't think there is a process out there which says uh, yes this is the way it is possible so we can turn them into visionaries of their own lives and environments um, i think every mother is a visionary she decides uh, a lot about what what's going to happen in her children's life a, a father is a visionary so we're not looking at those subtle things which can actually turn a lot of other people who are existing people as as leaders so when they take take charge within their mind and body of these visions i'm sure a lot of women would find that they just have to take that little leap out there they just have to jump that little fence out there they're all sitting on the edge so uh, i if i can i would really sort of go and give that push and <laughs> push them off that edge and say okay let's let's live it let's live it up Wow, that is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Ms. Abha Mar- Mar- uh, Mariata 
uh, Banerjee, and forgive me if, if I've mispronounced your name, Abha. It's all right. <laughs> and she is the author of Nucleus, and the subtitle is Power Women Lead from the Core with Holistic and Disruptive Success mantra for the woman leader. Also, uh, my wife, Deb, uh, we, we've been married now 23 years, and we have an 18-year-old daughter, and I learned something from my daughter and my wife, well, my wife every day, uh, simply because uh, if I have a business decision to take, I find that her judgment is always impartial and spot on. So I'm, I'm a firm believer that within each of us, uh, but I think I think women have something special that men don't have, believe it or not, and uh, and I found that in uh, my wife as well as my my four sisters. So let's talk about the fifteen ambitious alteration guides. How did you come up with this? What is it? How did you come up with this? And how does one apply it in their everyday life? Uh, I have a chapter in my book called "Ambition Is Not." Uh, anti-feminine. So when we speak of word ambition, there are certain words which are used uh, primarily for men. And when uh, ambition is one such word where we have to, we are told that being ambitious, I mean, when, when a woman is told she's ambitious, she's supposed to feel bad about it. So um, I've deliberately used this word because I feel it's an English word. Uh, it can mean anything to anybody. And when we are trying to help women break out of that space, uh, where they don't have to feel sorry about wanting something in life, uh, that's where the word ambition was used. So uh, the the purpose, uh, the prime purpose in the book is to be able to cause that sense of vision and growth within women so that they can break out of their spaces. So that, that's when I came up with this idea of uh, let us see what, what do we need to alter. So uh, let's make it, make, make it an audacious, a very ambitious goal and make ambition part of... Uh, a very normal thing that we do, rather than thinking, oh my God, this is not for women. This is not something that we... So the word has been used very deliberately to challenge the thought in uh, women's heads themselves. So uh, the idea out there is that when we do not understand our strengths fully, when we do not utilize our strengths fully, when we do not recognize those strengths very well, we give away our own power to somebody else to tell us how to be. Uh, not how to do or what not to do, how to be. And that being is something that a lot of women have lost out on thanks to all the noise around us all the time. So by prioritizing our own person, by understanding that uh, we can only work through, we must all only work through our strengths. We will all have strengths and weaknesses, but if we do not recognize that as strengths, so like, for example, women have strengths like in, in more emotion, I, I communication centers are bigger uh, than men. This is science. But when women are able to see a lot more than men do, it says, oh my God, I mean, she's, lo- look at her. Something is wrong with her. So women start feeling uh, that it, it's uh, not something that they're supposed to do. And uh, instead of the strength, we are made to feel it's a weakness when it is not a weakness. So like you just said, I mean, you learn from a wife, sisters, uh, it's always that their judgment is different because their communication centers are bigger than men. So they will see things from probably a larger or a more natural way of looking at things, or maybe a more multiple way of looking at things. 
somehow that that is told as women are women are silly they they keep moving from one place to the other so they start thinking within themselves whether they're doing it right or they're not doing it right so we got to start recognizing these strengths and we are in a position because of that to build multiple strengths it need not be one strength we may be having uh, so many different strengths and we are we have this opportunity to develop all of them at the same time and um, harness them in the best way that we can do and the method is to be able to condition our minds uh, to work each of those strengths um i have personally gone through this process and i know a lot of lot of other women who do that the existing leaders who've done that and it's a, it's this whole method of just bringing yourself there so that's it so this is how wonderful wonderful and how would you describe your leadership style my leadership style is a uh, very very agnostic inclusive if i can call that i i i use the word agnostic because uh, i have um, i feel leadership has become like a rule or a religion that this is the only way it can be uh but now because uh, as for women's leadership we can't possibly we do not have a version or uh, uh, the kind of leadership that that one can say okay this is where i belong so uh, it's developing it's it's coming forward uh, now if we can see and uh, hear a lot more that is happening now so i would call myself a very agnostic inclusive kind of leader uh, uh with a leadership style which is very very focused on instilling growth in people so that's how i look at it so there are no rules out there when when you're put in a position of a leader whether by position or otherwise you are also given the freedom to do what is best at that point of time so it does not have those rules there it does not have a guideline it does not have a version it is for you to figure what works best and so my reference point has always been growth be it a, be it individual groups situations or a bigger setup so uh, that's my that's the key um leadership uh, style that i follow that let's let's follow the growth pattern let's not let's not stay stagnated in in one place and um let's not follow all the rules they, they are not not at the moment they don't lot of them not work at the moment a lot of them are pure academics a lot of them are um maybe not applicable to us so we have to start thinking in terms of our own strengths and how we can bring them to the table so that is why i i call myself a completely agnostic uh, non non rule uh, kind of leader but very inclusive in terms of who we are working with and instilling a sense of growth in them wow that's that's great and so being i've never heard uh leadership being uh placed in that particular uh open category if you will agnostic um was when did you have this epiphany in regards to being an agnostic leader in regards to rules uh uh there i have um, i am uh i'm i come from a place which is i believe uh, uh, has great education great people but still in terms of coming down to having a very open minded um view towards women it's not there so uh, i have lived my own space uh, more like a rebel uh, literally trying literally just just wanting to live that's all i mean there was no breaking rules at that point of time i that thought wasn't there but i had to because if i were to live uh, fully if i were to live uh, a vision if i were to live something that that was in my heart i had to sort of go against certain things that which said go against the grain 
Uh, so I've literally had to fight against these things uh, all the time. And then I realized through the process that there were really no rules to life. And we, we, if there was any rule, that was one rule was there is no rules, rule to life. Uh, plus, um, I also realized that when, when it comes to places like leadership and people building, uh, you, we are talking to organic beings. We are not talking to robots. We are not talking to people who um, work on just one straight line kind of thinking. We are talking to organic people, organic minds. Uh, we are talking to hearts. We are talking to uh, uh, people who have come from circumstances, uh, people who have a certain way of looking at things. So we can't possibly put rules and around it. So uh, it's almost like, you know, it's uh, without saying it, it's like a religion that things are supposed to be a certain way. Otherwise, God's going to be unhappy. So uh, I don't follow that. That's where this word word called agnostic came in. And that was last year when I was, just when I was writing this, uh, this when I finished writing the book, uh, and the same question came up, what kind of leader are you? And how would you describe your leadership style? I felt that we have to get out of those straitjacket formula for, uh, for human living and uh, be more brave and be more courageous to see, okay, let me test something different from what I already know. So I know this. this is, I'm, I'm going to take it as my framework or as my reference point. But let us get out there and see what else can we do. So that, that brings us into a completely open space. And that open space, according to me, is agnostic, which does not have a rule to, to follow, but which knows for a fact that there is a possibility of doing something. So, so how uh, do, that's how, where it comes from. How do you uh, take your message to corporate America, so to speak, um, where you have, you know, the different corporate cultures, you got the structure of the nine to five, you got the 24 by seven. Um, but now we're dealing with a, a lot of knowledge workers. Um, right. How do you advise uh, a, a leader who is really trying to um, change his culture, his or her culture, so that it right. can be a high performing culture? Right. Um, uh Especially in the U.S., like with the, with the knowledge workers that we are we are seeing at the moment, and this is how one, one of the great things about U.S. is that they go so much deeper into what could work and what would not work. Uh, but again, like I, I come back to the when, when we I, I have spoken to corporates over there to uh, share with them that we are basically it's it's our systems have to be more organic, and uh, they agree because they all uh, know that we can have a framework, but within that framework we have the freedom to do a lot more than that we may be already doing. So uh, uh, we, we should take advantage of the knowledge base and the knowledge workers that we work with today and add to it and complement it with the, with the open space or the open situation that we are dealing with. So in corporate culture, we are at the moment seeing such a, such a huge change in terms of uh, uh, companies taking uh, very, very special steps or uh, or defining themselves now, redefining themselves, not just as corporates or uh, or corporates who stand, but corporates who stand for something. And for that, for something gives them that space where uh, what I'm talking about fits in, because um, they they are now that redefinition gives them the freedom to decide how they're going to deal with the knowledge uh, workers that they have, or to bring those knowledge workers and bring a complementary uh, set of. Uh, uh, what do you call a uh, new thought process? So I think it, it's it's opened up there. It's uh, I I know companies like uh, we we know of a lot of these companies where company culture is being talked about, leadership is talked about. There are like n number of books saying this is 
the company culture of this one and people are following that looking at that and seeing what what's good what's not so i think within the framework of a co- corporate uh, even in the us right now there is freedom to incorporate what we think at this point of time would be beneficial in terms of building a proper or high performance culture so i i have in through my book brought in uh, performance mechanisms which are very important otherwise which we would see only via hr if we were to see it from uh, that that perspective so if we were to just uh, uh, completely utilize hr but bring in another segment or a complementary segment that says okay this is how performances can be built so it's just going beyond that training part which we see in hr so we go beyond training but we go get down to creating uh new thought segments or uh new thought processes or a new thought way of looking at what our company stands for so it's it's at the moment i i believe that it's uh not difficult to convince people in corporate america that the culture is uh, it's it's almost becoming part of the brands of companies of what what we stand for right, what we right. stand for what our people stand for yep. what uh, our product stands for uh what our brand stands for so these are spaces which are like which are being handled by uh, either the advertisers or the pr or yep. you know or some mm-hmm. strategic uh, version so we fit in there at that at this at this stage to say okay we can we can build in a culture which is pure high performing which is um, also uh inclusive of other people in terms of what the product can do so right now uh, we are seeing this blast of uh uh information which mm-hmm. is coming of how how people are trying to differentiate themselves right. so i think uh, mm-hmm. very very importantly we can we can use uh, what what's there with this methodology to define that differentiation aap aap bel- believe the brand build the product and build the culture right excellent excellent believe it or not we are out of time Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Ms. Abha Merede uh, Banerjee. Uh, she is the author of the book Nucleus. And please go to Amazon.com and, and pick it up. Abha, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you very much for having me. And um, can I just uh, tell the listeners my website so they yes. can go there and review in, in case they'd like to see the book? It's abhamb.com, www.abhamb.com. Uh, that's my website, so you'll get more information about what I do over there. Beautiful. So thank you very much, Daryl, for your time. Thank you. This is Daryl. Extra time. Oh, you absolutely. This is Daryl Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU eighty nine point five FM, streaming on the net at WSOU dot net, located on the beautiful campus of Seton Hall University. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That wraps it up for this week. And remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend. This is Daryl Gunter. Take care.